will be coming for me one day. King Jesus is a listening when you pray. He's got power in his hands and he's taking me away. King Jesus is a listening when you pray. Oh, King Jesus is a listening. Oh, listening when you pray. He's got power in his hands and he's taking me away. King Jesus is a listening when you pray. Oh, King Jesus is a listening. Oh, listening when you pray. He's got power in his hands and he's taking me away. King Jesus is a listening. King Jesus is a listening. that had breath, praise the Lord. Good morning, radio friends. You have been listening to the Greater Apicenia Baptist Church, located at 1161 East 105th Street at Reverend Dr. E. Theophilus Cavanis Way in Cleveland, Ohio, where the Reverend E. Theophilus Cavanis is our pastor and Reverend Theophilus James Cavanis Sr. is our co-pastor. Our assisting ministers are Reverend Patrick Lee Robinson, Reverend Hilton O. Smith, Minister Cassandra Bledsoe, and Minister Rhonda Lawrence. Our technician for the morning is Deaconess Stefana Cavanis. Our musicians are Tramel Yarbrough, Director of the Sanctuary and Gospel Choirs, Mark Thompson, organist, Shelley Wheeler, pianist, Jordan Pruitt and Elliot Lanier, percussionists. Use me, Lord, for whatever you may need me to do. Channel my life and help me to do your will. All right. The Sanctuary Choir now sings Use Me, Lord. The soloist is Deaconess Diane Paufus. Make me an instrument 
of your loving kindness you of your love all right all right kindness. come on come on
Amen. Amen. Use me, Lord. All right. Holy night when Jesus Christ was born. Holy night before the break of dawn. Savior, oh, Prince of Peace, I know that my Redeemer liveth, for he lives in my soul. He'll never leave me, never deceive me. His love is purer than gold. The gospel choir now sings Prince of Peace.
Hallelujah. Prince of Peace. Oh, Jesus. Oh, 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 Jesus. The gospel choir now sings to us. Oh, Jesus. Church family, as we go through another year, we're winding down. We know we have a lot of people have a lot of sickness, a lot of death. Come on, but we say, "Oh Jesus!" We got 11-year-old kids being shot and killed at birthday parties. We say, "Oh Jesus." We just went through a windstorm on Wednesday night. I don't know how many people were affected by it, but my lights went on and off and on and off, windows blowing. But thankfully it wasn't a hurricane. It wasn't a tornado. We say thank you, Jesus. You know, as when I think about all these different types of things we go through, it's a song that comes to my mind that I always sing. And I say, all of the good days outweigh the bad days. I won't complain. The Lord's been so good to me. He's been, the Lord's been so good to me. Better than this old world could ever be. The Lord's been, the Lord's been, the Lord's been so good to me. He's wiped all, he's wiped all my tears away. He's turned my midnights, he's turned my midnights into day. All I want to do, all I want to do, all I want to do is thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning. Thank you, Lord, for starting me on my way. Thank you, Lord, putting shoes on my feet. Thank you, Lord, putting clothes on my back. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I won't. I won't. I won't complain. The Lord's been so good to me. He's been, the Lord's been 
so good to me better than this old world better than this old world could ever be the lord's been the lord's been the lord's been so good to me he's worth my tears away he's turned my midnights into day all i want to do all i want to do is thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord Thank you, Lord. I won't complain. Thank you, Lord. on WABQ 1460 on your dial. This has been your radio announcer, Deaconess Letha Robinson. Remember, only what you do for Christ will last. Tears away. Turns my midnight in today. So I say thank you, Lord, for being so good. Thank you, Lord, for being a friend of mine. Thank you, Lord, food on the table. Thank you, Lord. Clothes on my back, thank you, Lord. A roof over my head, thank you, Lord. Ah, I won't complain. God is being. God is being. God is being so good to me. He's been good to me. Mama, it's so well. Whatever be. He's been 
Vince O'Gillhart. Yeah. He Vince O'Gillhart. He Vince O'Gillhart. He Vince O'Gillhart. To me, yeah. He tries. Oh, he wiped all my tears away. Say thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. Complain. Five cents when Ezra opened the book, all the people stood up. Thank you. There's a word in 2 Corinthians 9:15. It says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Christmas is coming, y'all. And I want to know how you're going to handle God's unspeakable gift. How are you going to handle what God has given to you? Would you be kind enough to turn to someone, anyone, and tell them, neighbor, neighbor. I thank God. For his unspeakable gift, the gift of Jesus Christ, his unspeakable gift. He's been everything to me, and I want to thank him for it. God bless you. My brothers and my sisters, today is the first day of Advent. Christmas is exactly 24 days away. And we are truly blessed this morning to be alive and anxious to enjoy another Christmas season. Thanksgiving is always appropriate to precede Christmas. Because both seasons are blessings from above. Christmas is all about giving. And the greatest thing that has been given to us is Jesus Christ, our Savior. Someone has described the text this morning as an eight-word Christmas hymn. Another has called it the theme of Christianity. It strikes the keynote of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In all of what Christmas and faith is about, my brothers and my sisters, it doesn't get any better than this. We all get up so uptight and 
wrong about what we're going to get for Christmas, what we're going to give for Christmas, but my brothers and my sister, we've already gotten the best gift. Can I get a witness here this morning? Can I tell you all over again that Jesus is the reason for the season? Listen to me. If the Lord does not do anything else for us, he's already done more than enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody here know what I'm talking about. This gift that God has given us is not a command. It is an exclamation, a spontaneous shout, almost a doxology. It's something like praise God from whom all blessings flow. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. I don't want to stand up here too long this morning, but I just want to lift up this gift, uh, this gift text in three parts. First of all, I want to tell you that the Lord is a gracious giver of this gift. Second of all, I want to say that the glorious gift itself, I want to talk about that gift. And third of all, thanks, gratitude, with which we should respond to God's gift to us. Hallelujah. Think about it. God didn't have to do it. God didn't have to do it. But he loved us so much that in spite of us, he did it anyhow. You and I were not worthy enough to merit this. We could not earn it. We couldn't buy it. It's a free gift. The gracious giver is actually referred to twice in this text. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. This verse concludes one of the great Bible chapters uh, in the Bible on the subject of giving. And we read in that seventh verse, every man according as his purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. God loves a hilarious giver. That's the actual meaning of it. That which God admires and requires in others, he is and does in himself. He is the original cheerful giver. I think somebody here know what I'm talking about. Think of his ability to give. The Bible tells us that he is rich in goodness, rich in grace, rich in glory. Y'all don't hear me. If he had given the entire universe wrapped into one package, it would have been pocket change compared to the great gift that he mentioned here this morning. God was indeed aware of his gift to us. During the Christmas season, many gifts will be given which will reveal little awareness of the nature of the need of the recipient. This is reflected in a song which we sing at Christmas parties every year. It's a culminated song which the list of things to be remembered and repeated gets longer with each stanza. And the singer gets all out of breath and has a grand time. 
It's a celebration of the 12 days from Christmas to Epiphany. The supposed date on which Christ revealed himself to the wise men. It actually is a coded song with hidden Christmas meaning which came from an earlier age when overt Christian messages could not be communicated. But what typical modern listener would know that? You know the song. It goes on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a pear tree and a pear tree. Then he goes on with a list of most inappropriate and outrageous gifts. He gave me two turtle doves, three French hens, six geese laying, seven swans swimming, eight maids milking, ending with 12 drummers drumming, a partridge in a pear tree. What on earth would you do with all of that? Though this is not the intention, the song takes note of the kind of giving that may be observed in any household where gifts are exchanged at Christmas. The giving of inappropriate and useless gifts. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But God gives it not like that. It isn't a round peg in a square hole. It perfectly fits the nature and the need of one to whom it is given. It reflects the perfect awareness of the giver. God gave us what we needed. Can I get a witness yet? He's not given us some junk stuff. He's given us what we needed. A savior more than anything else. You and I are needed. Many gifts are given every Christmas that are merely part of an eternal and infernal swap out. Each person gives only because the other person gives to him. And each season is marked by a guessing game of what to give and how much to spend on what we're going to give. But God's gift, come on, help me somebody. God's gift is solely, exclusively given because he loves us. God is not a peddler who sells his gifts or a merchant who borrows his gift for a matching value. He's far too rich to sell his gift and it's an insult to his boundless generosity when we try to buy. God is a gracious giver. He's been largely unworshipped, unserved, unloved, and deeply and greatly sinned against. And yet he has given us this gift. Note there are just three factors involved in this transaction. It's a giver, it's a gift, and a recipient. And all of them are persons. The giver is a person, the gift is a person, and the recipient is a person. Is that not a great lesson for all of us to see here? This suggests that from God's point of view, all the great values in the universe are personal value. Can I get a witness? From our standpoint, we often regard material values as the most important. We highly esteem houses and land and cars and clothes and often wickedly neglect the greatest values of all. The Bible said, well, what shall it profit a man? Shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now look at this glorious gift. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Note that it is said that I said before, it's a gift, not a purchase, not a reward or a thing of merit. This gift is a person, y'all. 
This gift is like a diamond which reflects many, many facets when turned over and over in the sunlight. In John 4:10, Jesus said to that Sumerian woman, if you knew the gift of God, honey, if you knew who you were talking to, if you knew the gift of God, who it is who said to you, give me some water, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. Never will you thirst again. Jesus Christ himself is the gift that God has given us. Acts 2.38 said that Peter spoke of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are essentially the same thing. In Romans 6.23, the apostle Paul said the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is another turn of the diamond in the sunlight of the Spirit's illumination. When God gave us Jesus Christ, he gave us an infinite storehouse of treasure. Can I get a witness here? Listen, the Bible says he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Shall he not also give us everything we need? The gift is Jesus and all that is included in him. James 1.17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, comes from the Father. This is the good and perfect gift. Now some Christian gifts, Christmas gifts are unsuitable. Many outlandish ties and handkerchiefs, vases, candlesticks, they're unsuitable gifts. One little girl received a pin cushion from her aunt and properly hugged her gently with the words, oh, auntie, thank you. I've always wanted one, but not too very much. But, but this gift is perfectly suitable for every one of us. It fits more closely than a hand and glove in an empty place in our heart. All other gifts are merely unsuitable, but actually a whole lot of gifts are just unholy. Can I get a witness here? I remember a young Christian who, whose conscience was being torn by the fact that his boss had him ask, had, had asked him to deliver a Christmas gift to his best annual customers. And the gift for each one was a bottle of alcohol, liquor. And he was bothered by being asked to deliver an unholy gift. But God himself gave us, my brothers, a holy gift, not an unholy gift. There was an impossibility about this gift. Paul said it's unspeakable. It's so magnanimous until I can't speak about it. It's inexpressible. It's unthinkable. It's so deep in words. It's too powerful for me to comprehend. The deep joy of God is not surface cargo. It cannot be converted, conveyed by words. It's indescribable. No words can comprehend what we're talking about. You remember in 1 Kings 10 and 6, when the queen of Sheba, Sheba came to see Solomon wisdom and wealth and to question him about the Lord. She listened to his answers, looked upon all his servants, his glory, his wealth. Then she said, it was true report that I heard in my own land of your acts and your wisdom, but I believed not the words until I came here and seen it for myself, and my eyes have seen it, and behold, the half has not been told. Yeah. 
My brothers and my sisters, that's what God's gift is. God's gift is unspeakable in much the same way. Somebody put it like this, said that there are depths of love that I cannot know till I cross the narrow sea. There are heights of joy that I may not reach till I rest my peace in thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Can you imagine trying to explain the full character of God's gift today? Can you imagine trying to explain the full content of God's gift? The full cost of God's gift? The full contribution of God's gift? The full consequences of God's gift? Many Christmas gifts don't even last during the holiday season. Y'all need to help me here this morning. Y'all need to get up off of me. I'm going to say it anyhow. A little boy was with his mother as she was shopping in a grocery store. The mother brought a big bag of groceries. The grocer was pleased with the size of her pressure, so he pushed the bag of candy jar over the edge of the county and took the lid off it and said to the little boy, son, take a handful of candy and help yourself. Instead, the little boy cupped his hand together as if he were holding a bowl and stood at the counter. The grocer repeated the invitation, but again the little boy just stood there with his hands cupped outstretched together. Finally, the grocer, a bit embarrassed, reached into the jar and dropped a big fistful of candy into the little boy's cupped hand. When they were outside the store, the mother looked at him and said, son, why didn't you reach into the jar when the man told you? The little boy replied, because his hands, mama, are bigger than my hand. And I figured if I just hold my hand together, I was going to get a whole lot bigger gift. That's what God did for y'all. Can I get a witness here? I've talked long enough. Let me finish this thing. By the gifts and glad gratitude which ought to characterize the gift. Somebody said, sadly said, it's largely true in the world today that if you want gratitude, if you want to find gratitude, you've got to look it up in the dictionary. Can I get a witness? It's so rare. What is the proper response to God's unspeakable gifts? Three times in the closing verse of Corinthians 9, Paul speaks of giving thanks to God. What's included in this? First of all, we must think of the gift. Every time you think of it, you ought to thank God. Can I get a witness? To think is the thing, especially as we think about this gift. Every time you think about this gift, you ought to say, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Secondly, we must take the gift. A person is not grateful for a gift if he refuses to receive it. Some measure of trust and commitment is involved in the giving of any gift. The giver wants to be sure as possible that the recipient can be trusted to be pleased with it. How it pleases and gratifies God when we simply take the gift. A preacher of the past, W.W. Weeks, told of once seeing a drinking fountain by the side of the road. A mountain spring poured its streams of water into that stone basin. Somebody wrote on, inscribed on the side of that basin, 
The word praise mean by drinking the water. These words might be engraved on the Lord Jesus and all of his infinite benefit. Praise me by drinking. Praise me by taking. Praise me by trusting. Praise me by receiving the gift. Let me tell you something. Nothing pleases a cook better than to see you sitting down enjoying what she's cooked. Can I get a witness here? Sitting at the table. She finds her chief joy as her children guests feast on the bounty of the Lord. Do you recall that robe, that ring, the shoes, and the fatted calf, the feast that the prodigal son, father had prepared for him when he came home? He wanted that boy to receive the fullness of his provision. So he said, get the finest robe. Get the best shoes. Kill the fatted calf. My son has come home. Can I get a witness here? That's the way it is with God, y'all. Some of y'all didn't know that, but that's the way it is with God. Somebody said, come to this fountain. So rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul. Come on, help me, Holy Ghost. At the Savior's feet. Plunge in today. And be made complete. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Precious name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Oh, I need to sit down now. But before I take my seat, I want to say we must thank God for the gift. Trust God with our total lives. No wonder it has often been said that thanksgiving is thanks living. Thanksgiving is a style of life as well as a service of the lips. Tell somebody about God's unspeakable gift. Everyone in the Christmas New Real story told somebody about the gifts. Go back and read it. The wise men spoke to Herod. The shepherds spread the word concerning all that had been told them about that child. Simeon prayed God and Anna spoke about the child to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. Can I get a witness here? We too should celebrate this gift by telling everybody, everybody you see. I began this message by saying Christmas is coming y'all. How can you really handle it? If God's unspeakable gift had been given to you, how are you going to handle it? Well, I don't know about you, but I, I'm going to say this morning to God, give thank you. I'm going to say much obliged. I can't thank you enough. Can I get a witness here? I'm going to say thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. I'm, I'm not going to say only just thank you right now, but I'm going to say thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. I like the way Alex Bradford put it. You remember that. He said, I said I wasn't going to tell anybody. I said I wasn't going to tell anybody, but I just couldn't keep it to myself. Won't the Lord help me today? I said I wasn't going to testify, but I couldn't keep it to myself. What the Lord, hallelujah here had done for me. I said I wasn't going to shout for joy 
but the Lord, I couldn't keep it to myself. What the Lord had done for me. I said I wasn't gonna sing, but I thank God what the Lord had done for me. And then he said, you ought to been there. You ought to been there when he saved my soul. You ought to been there when he put my name on the road. I start walking, start talking, start singing, start shouting. Hallelujah. Praise God.